0: From Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States. Their dreams and hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by Amina Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy. This is She Talks Peace.
1: Wonder, "Is it still possible to strike a delicate balance between recognizing Israel's right to defend itself and to uphold the principles of humanitarian law? Both sides must engage in constructive dialogue guided by the principles of justice,
2: fairness,
1: respect for human rights, to pave the way for a peaceful coexistence in the region. But, dear listeners, is this still possible? Salam, dear listeners. This is Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy saying hello from Manila. Today, I thought I should talk to you from the heart. I would like to speak on a matter of great importance one that transcends borders and speaks to the very heart of our shared humanity. Today, I thought we should address the very complex and sensitive issue that has been at the forefront of international discussions. Israel's right to defend itself against Hamas and the right of Palestinians in Gaza to live. I will also share with you some interviews we did with young Filipinos, a man on the street or woman on the street interview, if you will. Because I wondered, what do young Filipinos think about Gaza? Do they think about this issue at all? Does it matter to them? So first, let's admit that the Israeli-Palestinian conflict Is deeply rooted in historical, religious, and political complexities, making it a challenge to navigate and a challenge to find a resolution that respects the rights and dignity of all parties involved. One key aspect of this multifaceted issue is Israel's right to defend itself, a principle deeply enshrined. In international law, Israel, like any sovereign nation, like my country, the Philippines, has the inherent right to protect its citizens and ensure the security of its borders. The constant threats and acts of violence directed towards Israel have created a complex and challenging environment from suicide bombings. To rocket attacks, the Israeli people have faced significant security challenges that cannot be ignored. In this context, I think it is really crucial to recognize Israel's right to take measures to defend itself and its citizens from harm. However, my dear listeners, it is equally important to emphasize that the exercise of this right must be in accordance with international humanitarian law. The principles of proportionality and distinction must guide any country's military action, even if it is in defense of its territory. Proportionality demands that the use of force should be commensurate with the threat faced avoiding excessive and unnecessary harm to civilians or civilian infrastructure. Distinction requires a clear differentiation between military and civilian targets to minimize harm to non-combatants. While recognizing Israel's right to self-defense, it is also essential to address the humanitarian aspect of the conflict. I am not going to discuss Palestine's right to exist as a state. That is an issue that deserves its own episode. Today, I would just like to focus on the suffering of innocent civilians, whether Israeli or Palestinian, which should not be dismissed even as Israel is defending itself. The impact of conflict on civilian populations, particularly women and children, is devastating. The international community really has a collective responsibility to ensure that the principles of humanitarian law are upheld to protect civilians and alleviate human suffering. Today, I wonder, is it still possible to strike a delicate balance between recognizing Israel's right to defend itself and to uphold the principles of humanitarian law? Both sides must engage in constructive dialogue guided by the principles of justice,
2: fairness,
1: respect for human rights to pave the way for a peaceful coexistence in the region. But, Dear listeners, is this still possible? The international community plays a crucial role in supporting such efforts and ensuring that the rights and dignity of all individuals affected by conflict are safeguarded. The situation of the Palestinians in Gaza, particularly in the context of the recent bombardment by Israel, is a topic that demands our attention. Compassion and a thorough understanding of the complexities involved. So, I thought we should ask some young Filipinos what they think about the issue. And I asked them this first question When you hear about Gaza, what initial thoughts or impressions come to mind and why? Uh, When I hear
3: the word Gaza, Just so you know, guys, I'm Filipino-Arab, so when I say Gaza, that's an Arabic word, we don't say Gaza in Arabic. When I hear the word Gaza, what is the first thought that comes to my mind is Palestine, immediately Palestine. It's very known for Arabs that we support the Palestinian people all the way. We want them to have their own land. We want them to have the same rights as we have. And when I talk about Palestine, I also think of their richness and their culture. So, for example, they have their beautiful dress known as thobe. They have uh, so many delicious food: kanafa, baklava, or baklava in English. And they have an amazing dish called makloba, which is like a rice with chicken or meat and beautiful, well-blended spices on the vegetables. And uh, another thing, when I talk about Palestine. It has one of the remarkable places, which is Jerusalem. But in Arabic, we call it Al-Quds. And Al-Quds has a very rich history. That place has quite a link to three monotheistic religions. So we have Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. Like imagine these three religions somehow are connected to one another. And that connection can be shown in Al-Quds and it's not only that, but also they, you could ask any Palestinian people, like, if what's their religion? It's not only they're Muslims, there are also Christians, there are also Jews, and they have lived together peacefully. And Palestine, it's known as the land of the, the prophets. For us Muslims, we view Palestine as a very important place for us because they have a lot of uh, important Islamic figures. And sadly, for more than 50 years, Israel have been occupying or stealing lands in
4: Palestine and forcing them out their homes. Uh, When I hear about Gaza, my initial thought is that its residents are victims being denied their human rights. Some people label them as the ones in the wrong and terrorists because some of the influential individuals have been expressing their thoughts on the conflict and consistently supporting Israel so this actually sends a wrong signal to other people who are unaware of the truth behind the conflict between the
0: two. Um, The first thought that comes to my mind when I hear about Gaza, Gaza is described as an open-air prison. I read an article whereas they describe the situation in Gaza as an open-air prison. The people there are deprived of freedom and basic necessities, the rights to work and the rights to have an education are restricted. Almost everything is controlled by the Israelis. And the sad part is the United Nations turns a blind eye on this ongoing conflict.
1: The second question that I asked in response to the October 7th attack by Hamas, which resulted in some 200 40 Israelis taken as prisoners, the Israeli government argues that its intensified military actions, including the blockade and bombing of Gaza, are necessary to defend its citizens. What are your thoughts on whether Israel is justified in bombing Gaza to protect itself from Hamas?
3: Explain. The history is repeating itself. And what do I mean by history? The Jews in the past, especially in the European countries, they were pushed around because of their religious identity, despite them being from Germany, from France, from UK, so and so on. It's repeating itself because they're trying to push out Palestinians from their own homeland. And also take note that if you're asking, what do I think that they would be moving to Congo? Congo also have it, uh, are having their own issues the, their own national issues, where war crimes are being committed, such as genocide. And also, they have other national issues, such as poverty, where more than 50% of people are living in a poverty. So it's not a good solution at all to push out Palestinians from their homeland. And uh, if you ask, how about Arabs? Why not Arabs accommodate Palestinian people? Because they're Arabs like us, they're Muslims like the uh, Arab Muslims. We don't want to repeat the history itself. Palestinians, even though they seek refugee in any country in this world, they will always have that feeling of wanting to go back to their home, to establish a a place where they could feel secure and know that they could live with their family. And again, it's not a good plan.
4: I stand by my previous statement from the first question that asserting that Gazans are being denied their human rights so, I actually read an article that the Israeli officials have been claiming that this is the only solution that they can take off and that the Gaza problem is not their concern. Uh, in fact, it is their problem as they are denying Gazans their rights and freedom.
0: Forcing people to leave their own land is unjust and bakit yung Israel yung gumagawa ng decisions or plans para sa mga Palestinians whereas sila yung main cause ng conflict and meron akong mga napanood na mga interviews ng mga Palestinians whereas sinabi nila na ayaw nilang umalis sa Palestine because they believe that if umalis sila don, parang gini-give up na nila yung land nila sa Israel which ayo talaga nilang mangyari and the Devastating part is if the Palestinians will resist on this ongoing genocide and forced immigration, uh, they will be killed without mercy by the Israelis. And I believe that if the international leaders will not put an end to this conflict, then we will continue to witness how Israel wipes out the entire Palestinian population right before our eyes
2: Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com.
1: Gaza, a densely populated enclave, has witnessed not just a historical struggle, but also periodic escalations of violence that have left an indelible mark on its people. The recent bombardment by Israel has once again laid bare the profound challenges faced by the Palestinians in Gaza. The conflict has resulted in an immense toll on civilian lives, homes, infrastructure. It is crucial to recognize the profound impact that the bombardment has had on the lives of ordinary Palestinians. Beyond the geopolitical complexities, we must acknowledge the human cause, the lives lost, families shattered, communities traumatized. The images of destruction we see are not just buildings reduced to rubble. We see the shattered dreams of individuals and families striving for a life free from the constant threat of violence. The blockade on Gaza? coupled with periodic military operations, has exacerbated an already challenging situation. Let's think for a moment of the refugees, mostly women and children. Imagine a place where the sky is often clouded, not just by natural phenomenon, but by the heavy weight of historical and political struggles. Gaza, a small strip of land on the eastern coast of the Mediterranean, used to be home to nearly 2 million people. Today, it's an encampment of people who live under conditions that can only be described as inhuman, dire. We should recognize the human faces behind the headlines, the stories that often go unheard. The bombardment has forced thousands to flee their homes. Some of them are even here in the Philippines. We have provided refuge for them. And now Israel has a plan to move these refugees to the Congo of all places. So I thought we should ask our young Filipinos, what can you say? About Israel's plans of forced emigration of Palestinians to Congo and other countries.
3: To answer this question, it doesn't make any sense how they ruthlessly go and wipe out fifty percent or more Gaza. Moreover, we have seen how many times Israeli have committed atrocities, and one of that is taking children as their so-called prisoners. Now, if we talk about the intensified military actions such as blockade and bombing of Gaza, then they have been doing that for more than 50 years. It's just that the Western media right now, they want to highlight this to everyone so we could see them as, oh, Israeli government is trying to protect their country and their citizens. Now, let me ask you this question. Since when children have become a threat to the world? Like there are a lot of Palestinian children are being forced to be detained in the Israeli uh, jail. So what what was their crime? And, and another thing I would like to add is that Hamas is not a terror group. It is a resistance group. And sadly, many people, if they would um, ask us if we uh, support Hamas or not, or we accept Hamas or not, they have to study the history, how Hamas established. It was established during the first intifada. It is a resistance group. They are trying to bring um, the rights to the Palestinian people. They're trying to protect the Palestinian people. And if you ask any Palestinian people right now, who are you scared of more? Who are you even scared of? The Hamas group or is Israel government? Everyone, literally everyone, they will say Israeli. When it comes to uh, Israeli government, the, how they try to execute a military action, they could be precise in trying to target who they want to target. But seriously, they try to bomb and wipe out the place from the map doesn't justify at all what they're trying to do. And since I said Hamas is not a terror group, it is a resistance group, the reason why they held Israeli hostages is because they want to pressure the Israeli government to release Palestinian hostages, not the Palestinian prisoners, Palestinian hostages that they have. A lot of them, they were children, and unfortunately, they have to spend 10 years, 10 years or more in in the prison. Imagine an eight-year-old or six or eight-year-old boy in a prison away from his mom and dad. And then he would release after 10 years. He would ask his mom and dad, what did I do? What did I do? And, And notice the term that I use, hostages, not prisoners. I use the word resistance group, not terror group. We want to reinforce the use of those terms because whenever we discuss about Palestine, we want people to know the truth. We don't go and say Palestinian prisoners. If you look at a lot of Western media, unfortunately, they have their own certain agenda. They're trying to change the image of Palestine, making them as a bad guy here. And they're not. So as much as we can, let's try to study the history, understand how Israeli occupied Palestine, how Palestinians were victims. And up till now, they're being forced out from their homeland. And as much as we can, if ever you have encountered those terms in any news, so be it in social media or in TV or whatever, once they say it's a Palestinian prisoners or Hamas is a terror group, they are done a violent act, then I'm sorry to say that, but this is a Western media trying to cover up Israeli government of what they have done or what they have been doing to the Palestinian people.
2: My thought on this is that while Israel has been telling themselves that it's just how they defend themselves, Yes, they might have protected themselves from the Hamas, but at what cost? Right? Well, that's always going to be the question. It was always at the expense of the innocent lives of Palestinians. This complex situation has also involved um, security concerns. Many as lost their lives. Many as profound trauma of losing their loved ones. Y- you know, you to an extent that I saw one child who was... Written his name all over his arms. That's really um, a devastating side of uh, the effect of the ongoing war. These children are just basically being forced into a survival mode. Our world right now, we are witnessing a genocide in broad daylight. So we see a lot of capitalist companies like basically capitalizing and supporting the other side. All armed conflicts. You know, when the lines are in between the armed versus the women and children, laging talo ang mga bata at mga compared to this men. And then the hospitals and the schools they disappear. It's basically just mass murder. I would never justify that.
4: To answer the third question. Israel justifying its intensified military actions and attacks on Gaza as a means to defend its citizens is really questionable. So as Israel tries to justify these actions, it's more of a a moral questioning about the fairness of these measures that the Israelis are doing, turning our focus to the Gazans Their response to the attacks is actually seen as an expression of their desire to break free from the oppression of the Israelis. This highlights also the struggles of the Gazans who yearn for self determination and, of course, freedom. So this really um shows the need to defend the Gazans from the violations of their rights. And as seen with the reports and personal stories, they really emphasize the harsh realities faced by the Gazan civilians, which uh, underscores the need to address the human impact of this conflict.
0: To answer the last question, I cannot sincerely grasp the logic behind how bombing and killing thousands of innocent Palestinians is a form of defense from Hamas. Because if we will look back and ask, what led the Hamas to attack the Israelis last October 7? Though I personally condemn any forms of violence, but I can somehow understand the struggles and devastation of the Hamas. The purpose of the Hamas attack was to show resistance against the Israel. These Palestinian people are sick and tired on the illegal Israeli occupation that has been going on for more than 75 years. They are tired witnessing thousands of families being slaughtered and killed. They are voiceless for more than 75 years, which left them no choice but to resort to violence. And look what happened. They are painted as the terrorists when all they really want is to live peacefully in their own land. And Israel, on the other hand, is out there creating a propaganda claiming that they are the one who who were oppressed and decided to use the outburst of the Hamas as a reason to commit violence and do mass killings or genocide. And um, we can see how confident they are. They feel powerful and untouchable because they have the support from the United States of America and other European countries. There is no justification for these actions and those responsible must be reprimanded and held accountable for committing serious multiple crimes that is against the international humanitarian law. And above all, the demand for permanent ceasefire must be granted because making people beg for their lives is beyond unacceptable. Dear
1: listeners, it's vital for the international community to recognize the urgency of addressing the needs of Palestinian refugees affected by the recent events. Humanitarian aid must be swiftly and efficiently delivered to provide shelter, food, and medical assistance to those who have been displaced. Moreover, diplomatic efforts must be redoubled to work towards a just and lasting resolution that addresses the rights and aspirations of all, especially those who find themselves living as refugees the flight of refugees serve as a stark reminder that the consequences of conflict are enduring and far-reaching. And as we discuss the situation in Gaza, let us not forget the resilient individuals who have been displaced, often multiple times, and whose lives are marked by uncertainty. Our collective responsibility is not only to address the immediate needs of those affected but also to actively engage in diplomatic endeavors that seek a comprehensive solution ensuring a future where displacement is no longer a reality for Palestinians or anyone anyone else facing similar challenges and dear listeners Allow me to give a shout out to my dear friend, Lucy Dalji, a counselor of Bethlehem, an elected counselor of Bethlehem, whose home is right by the wall that divides Israel from Gaza. Lucy, I hope you are safe. I hope your family is safe. And I pray every day that there will be an end to this and that you and your family and all of our Palestinians can dream again of a life that's marked by celebration, not by catastrophe. Take care, dear Lucy. Dear listeners, thank you for sharing this time with us. This is Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy saying farewell for now from the Philippines. Bye.
0: She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co.